Hey everybody, it's Charles from HumbleMechanic.com back with the audio podcast. That's right, it's been so long since I've actually recorded a brand new audio show for you guys. And today, I'm going to kind of fill you in on what's been going on, why that happened in the first place, and some of the other really cool things that are happening out in the shop. So let's travel back in time a little bit to the beginning of the summer. This would be May, June or so. I actually was running into some website issues. The fabulous folks, and I use that term very sarcastically, at HostGator uh, were giving me problems. Apparently, I had maxed out my hosting. So what they did was they locked me out of my website. So I couldn't get in. I couldn't access anything. And if those of you guys that run WordPress websites, you know, if you can't get into anything, you can't fix anything. So I called them and we had some conversations. They gave me like three days access. Well, that access lasted, oh, about 10 minutes. And then, of course, I couldn't get back in again. They had me completely locked out. Luckily, a friend of mine, Nicole, helped me out. And she's been going through the website, fixing a bunch of issues that it had and redesigning it. You should actually go over there and check it out if you haven't been over in a while. So she did that for me. We're actually still working on that, getting some of the fine, fine details hammered out. Then it's going to be full on website back in action videos posted, audio podcasts posted, the whole deal, which I'm super, super pumped about. It's been a long time coming, and I love how it looks right now, and I'm excited to get back into that groove. So it was a bit of a challenging summer when it came to dealing with the website, and while I know enough to really screw it up, that is definitely not my area of expertise. So it's awesome to have someone that uh, can do all these things for me and help me out and get everything straight and right and the way I like it. And more importantly, the way that they can give me advice on it and make sure that everything's functioning properly is fantastic. So big ups to Nicole for helping me out with that. So in the time that I have not been recording audio podcasts, I thought I'd fill you in on what's been going on. There's been so much, right? A ton of things that have been going on this summer. Most of them insanely awesome. The, really, the only bad part was uh, the website issue was kind of the dumbest thing that's been going on this summer. So I've added a couple of cars to the fleet. One is a 99 Miata. I picked this car up with my friends from Pull Apart, and I was actually supposed to get this car kind of at the beginning of the year because it was going to be my 2019 autocross car. Unfortunately, it took a little longer than we kind of all anticipated, so I actually picked this car up the day before I picked up the other new car that I've got, and that's a 2019 Golf R. But let's focus on the Miata real quick for a second. So my plan for this car, while it would be awesome to do a VR6 twin turbo swap, maybe I'm foreshadowing a little bit there, for right now, I actually just want to keep it stock. The reason I want to keep it stock is I want to run it in the street class for autocross. This means we can only do a couple of things to the car. We can change tires, of course. We're limited on wheel size. We can only go one size up or one size down in wheel compared to stock. We can't do anything with rotors or calipers. They all have to be factory or factory-like. We can change the shock absorbers on the car, which it needs. We can change one sway bar, which it'll get a front sway bar because it's a rear wheel drive car. We can change brake pads, so we'll put a pretty aggressive brake pad on it. And a couple of other little tweaks that we can do and still meet that street class, the E-class, I think is, uh, E-street class is, I think, what it would fall into, still meet that classification to run it in autocross, which street class is basically your car is stock. Maybe there's a little bit massaged, but for the most part, it's stock. Like, you can't even modify the airbox. It has to be that level of stock. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how we're looking at it, the car does have some body damage, so it's going to need a fender, 
the left front fender. It's going to need a bumper. It doesn't even have the front bumper on it. It's going to need headlights. It's going to need taillights. Probably is going to need a hood, but I'm going to go ahead and wait on that until um, until I find one, really, is what it is. So I actually have a friend that has a friend that's a super Miata guy, so I may get up with him to try and get some of those body parts used. They're not stupid expensive new, but I don't really want to put new body parts on it if I don't have to. In addition to getting the body right, we are going to go through the car. We're going to do all the maintenance. We're going to do, it's got an oil leak, so we're going to fix that. I actually just put it up in the air a couple of days ago in order to do a true evaluation on it. I'll be doing a video for you guys on that and really what I'm looking at and the things I'm focused on and the things that, frankly, I just don't care about. But it does need a lot of maintenance work. Interior's not great, but it's not terrible. This is not going to be a car like we had the Mark III as, right, where we want to get it perfect back to stock or perfect back to stock and then modify the crap out of it. I kind of want this as just a beater car, something that I can throw around the autocross course, something that if I don't wash it for a month and a half, I don't really care. And something that, you know, frankly, I can take and cruise, go for a cruise with. I really miss having a convertible. If you guys have been around a while, you remember the Mark One Cabriolet that I had, the VR6 swapped cabby. Uh, I miss having a convertible. That's like the fourth convertible I've had. So uh, definitely a fan of the convertibles, and it's going to be awesome to get back into it. But overall, we're not going to be doing anything crazy, at least not over the next year, on the Miata. It's going to stay pretty much stock. Moving on to the Golf R, which I picked up the day after I got the Miata. This car is awesome. So it's a 2019 Golf R, which is a two liter turbo all wheel drive. I bought the DSG version of it. I know a lot of people hate that, but I love the DSG. I think it's awesome. What's really cool about this car is it's part of the Spectrum color package. This year for 2019, Volkswagen did 40 special order color options on the Golf R. They, I have the number somewhere. I want to say there was around 200 total Golf R's ordered in that, um, in that Spectrum package of the 40 special order colors. Mine is Ginster Yellow, which you VW nerds may remember back to the Mark III days where Ginster Yellow was on the Harlequins and the GTIs. So think of a bright, obnoxious yellow, <laughs> yellow Golf R. It's fantastic. It's one of 13, uh, so it's a very, very limited car, and I, I absolutely love the car. It's so much fun to drive. It's so easy to drive. The damn thing pretty much drives itself. So it's, uh, it's a different experience than the R32, and it's fast. It's pretty fast. I, I will be going into modification on that car a little bit. We're not going to go crazy with it, but we are going to modify it even beyond where we did the um, the R32. So this is going to fall somewhere in between the GTI, the VR6 Turbo GTI, and the R32. I'm not 100% sure on all the mods yet, but I do have a handful of them. In fact, after I record this, I'm going to swing out to the garage and install the spare tire kit that the stinking car didn't come with. Why doesn't it come with a spare tire? It's a $46,000 car, should come with a spare tire. I have some thoughts on it, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep those for the video. So if you're interested in a spare tire kit and what that's gonna take on the Golf R, check out that video. Couple of other things that have been going on around the uh, humble mechanic homestead, so to say, is that I've actually been looking for a warehouse. If you guys know that when I left the dealership, I kind of moved everything to the garage and uh, I'm out of space. So I'm out of storage space and I'm out of space for cars. We did an addition on our driveway, which was awesome, but I'm still kind of out of space. So I've actually been shopping for warehouses. I found one not far from home. 
um, weighing the pros and cons of do I really want to spend this much money every month paying someone else's mortgage or do I want to hold off a little bit and find like the right spot? I don't know if there is the perfect spot, but boy, this one comes pretty darn close. So I'm running the numbers, crunching the numbers on that and seeing if it makes sense to uh, make that big leap because it's a big leap. You know, think 2000 bucks a month um, just for a place to keep stuff. That's a lot of money. So we're uh, we're we're shaking that out and seeing if I can make it work, if I need to do something different in that space, in addition to what I'm doing now. All of those things are kind of playing into the decision, uh, the decision making process. So we'll see. Ultimately, it's not the end of the world, whether we do it or whether we don't. I just think with a space, I can do a little bit more for you guys and have a little bit faster production time rather than having to rearrange the garage every single time I want to shoot some kind of video for you. So that's been quite a journey. I've learned a lot about like how commercial real estate works, how commercial properties work. So it's it's been an amazing learning experience. Uh, I just I just need to make the decision is what it kind of boils down to. So that's sort of where I'm at today. In addition to that, a lot on the tool front has come out. Milwaukee's coming out with a bunch of really awesome stuff. I just got their extended length electric ratchet, which I've been tooling around with, working on a video for you guys. That'll probably come out at the front of October so that you can actually buy it when you see the video. It's not available quite yet, so I don't want to uh, I don't want to put this video out and you go, dude, I, I, I can't even buy it yet. Why would you post this video? So that video will be out probably at the front of October, very, very front of October. In addition to that, they have their little electric um, angle grinder coming out, which I'm super pumped about. I think that that might end up being one of my favorite Milwaukee tools. We'll have to just wait and see. I played with it a little bit at the tool symposium at the beginning of the year. Well, beginning of the year, I think it was May. I played with it quite a bit and it's awesome. And I think you guys are going to love it. We just need to like beat it up a little bit and see how it performs uh, under you know extended stress. Also, I've had like 57 conversations with Harbor Freight. Yes, Harbor Freight. Uh, and they're coming out with a line of Pro Tools and Pro Tool boxes that if it does what they say they're gonna do, it's gonna be awesome. And they're going like head to head competing with Snap-on and Matco on their toolboxes. So I actually have one of their toolboxes coming very, very soon. Depending on when you listen to this, it may already be here. This is another reason why if you only listen to the audio podcast, give a follow on Facebook or Instagram because you might get to see that before you actually hear it on the podcast. I'll be super excited to uh, to post a picture of that toolbox that's coming. They also did send me some tools. I haven't unboxed them yet. I've just looked at them. They look pretty legit, though. The packaging's great. Anyway, uh, not, you know, Apple iPhone level great, but it's pretty awesome. So I'm excited to get those tools dirty and see uh, see how they feel in the hand, see how they perform. If Harbor Freight can do what they're saying they're going to do, guys, I'm telling you, this is going to be pretty awesome. The toolbox delivery is basically white glove delivery, so they're going to bring it over. They're going to set it up. We're going to roll it in. We're going to see if it fits in the space. Boy, do I hope that it fits in the space I have set for it. Remember a minute or two ago, I said I was running out of space. Uh, I'm having to um, move mountains to get this toolbox to fit where, uh, where I'm trying to get it to fit. So interesting, interesting stuff there. But if they do this, guys, this is going to compete head to head with the tool trucks. And they've got some, some financing options that are going to be very much head to head with the tool trucks. So it should be interesting to see. Most of the conversations I've had with Harbor Freight, though, have actually been around 
getting kids involved in the trades, getting teachers that teach in the trades more recognition, basically reminding people and helping them re-remember that um, having a blue collar job is pretty awesome and you don't have to sit behind a desk all day or spend $150,000 going to college to earn a degree that doesn't mean anything in order to be successful. You, believe it or not, can be successful by fixing broken stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy, right? I know most of you guys know that, but uh, that that shift is is coming. It's it's here. It's it's gaining traction. But there's still a whole lot of people that think if you don't wear a suit and tie to work, then uh, then you're a scumbag. And I think we all realize that that is just flat out dumb. So dumb. So dumb. So dumb. So for real. Um, anyway, that's kind of what's been going on. There's probably 150 million other things happening. Done a good amount of traveling this summer. Was in Phoenix for a couple of days. Been to Charlotte a bunch of times. Just got home from Atlanta working with Pull Apart and at Atlanta Motor Speedway at the Treff Punk Show. Went up to New Jersey for Waterfest, which was my first time up in New Jersey or at Waterfest. So that was pretty interesting. It was hot. The thing I remember is it was hot. Hot, hot, hot. Also had the opportunity to go over to the VCDS labs and hang out with those guys and uh, learn a little bit more in-depth about uh, VAGCOM, VCDS, sorry, I still call it VAGCOM sometimes. Learn a little bit more about that and some of the inner workings. I've done a couple of videos on that. So if you understand what VCDS is or have heard the words and have never seen how it works, maybe worth going over there and checking it out. It's an awesome tool. They do so much for the VW Audi community that uh, that I'm, I'm excited for those videos and I hope they Hope they help a lot of people out. So guys, that's where I've been. The audio podcast is coming back hardcore. You're going to be like, dude, stop doing the podcast. We're tired of hearing your dumb voice. And I'll be like, hey, too bad. This is what uh, this is what we're doing. So thank you guys for your patience. I'm waiting for that. I really do appreciate that. Buckle up because it's going to be a fun fall. The fall travel season is going to kick in soon. SEMA's knocking on the door. We're going to be there before we know it. Then it'll be Christmas. Then it'll be January. Then pretty soon we'll be talking about a 2020 year in review. So I uh, hope you guys are making the best of all of that time. With that, I am out, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you again next time.